Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome to the Dream Mason podcast. Why is my why is my view camera not resetting for this? But what's up and welcome to back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host Alex Terranova. I'm super excited for this episode. It's a topic I've been talking about on my own and and digging through on my own on social media. It's also a topic that I feel like men don't really get into or talk about a lot. It's a topic that I just want to know more about. And I think that today we have a, an expert. I don't know if you can be an, I don't even know what makes an expert in these topics because you'll see they're, they're, they're pretty deep and, and personal, but I think this is as close as we're going to get. And somebody who has, has done a lot of work and shares a lot really vulnerably in this area, but I want to talk about these ideas first. So if you follow me on social media, you've seen me bring up some conversations about trauma You've seen me bring up conversations about forgiveness, about letting things in the past go, on focusing on the, the things you want and the places you want to be, not the things from the sides or behind you. Um, forgiveness is tough. Like we don't necessarily know how to do it. We're not taught how to do it. You know, when we're little kids, people apologize and we're like, I forgive you. And that's kind of the extent of it all. And Trauma, I think trauma has like a really interesting space in our society right now because we all have it. It looks different for all of us, completely unique, right? Trauma could look like something like somebody being murdered. Trauma could look like you got pushed down in the sandbox. It, it, it just comes in so many shapes and sizes and it doesn't stop when we're young. It can go on for our whole lives and we don't really know how to deal with it. And something I've been noticing lately is people trying to avoid trauma. Like life doesn't just come with trauma. There's this like a version of like, I don't want to do, I don't want my kids to be in this situation because there might be trauma or I don't want to be in this situation because there might like, that is life. Earthquakes cause trauma, a car accident could cause trauma. If you don't want trauma, like find a padded room and put yourself in it. And that in itself would create trauma. Um, so we're going to get into this because I think like what we're often doing as people is we just kick the pendulum to the other side. Oh, trauma's bad. Let's have create try to find ways to have no trauma. And you can't live like that. That's not living. So let's meet our guest. Our guest has spoke has done a TED talk. It's called We Need a New Definition of Forgiveness. I just watched it. It's awesome. And she hits you really hard with her own experiences on if she can be with what she's been through, most of us can probably go, wow, we've either been through things similar or not as intense, and we should be able to grow and, and take this on also. She is an author. Her book's called Walk Through This. She guides men and women through the Grand Canyon on healing retreats. She's a nature guide. She's a certified coach. 
and she's creating a documentary right now. Sarah Schulting Kranz, welcome to the Dream Mason podcast. Thank you for having me on. You are incredible. I don't know what else to say. Check. Because <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I agree um, with everything you just said and then some. <laughs> tell me, like, like, I love when I, you know, I, I often preamble at the beginning and I just like to hear, because you're sitting there, you're listening, right? What do huh? you, what do you have? What are your thoughts on, on the things I just kind of spouted? So, you know, 2020 was a year, right? And um, I, I, I a thousand percent agree with you in everything. Um, we have all experienced trauma. We run from it. We try to run from it, uh, but it's just like that tornado that will chase you, right? It's going to, it's going to suck you up at some time. Um, and for most of us, we look at it like it's something that um, is horrifying and it's not, it is something that um, we can learn so much more deeply about ourselves by honoring, first of all, accepting not running from, accepting and honoring our traumas and the experiences that we have lived through. So much more, we can learn so much more deeply about who we are. And this is where I'm gonna throw the and in there too. I'm a mom of three sons. My sons are 29, 19, and 14. We've lived through so much together. And through all of that, we actually can create a better society. We can, we can you know, have uh, men become men and women become women who can create a better world because of what we have lived through. And, um, and 2020 was a really hard year for a lot of people. Um, you and I just had a conversation about that off, off this uh, ourselves. And I will tell you what's fascinating about this is I remember, <laughs> you told me things were gonna come up, right? Like little things that I remember <laughs> that I haven't talked about. This is one of them. I remember walking down the street um, in the midst of the pandemic and I ran into somebody who I hadn't seen for a very long time. And she asked me, how are your kids doing through all of this? And I said, my kids are doing wonderfully. I'm like, and I, and I'm not to, you know, trigger anybody with this, but we actually, it COVID brought my family, my three boys and myself and my niece who ended up living here with us for seven weeks, brought us to a different state of, uh, deepening of love of family and the reason why and she asked me she said how are they doing i'm like we're doing great like we're actually you know minus all of the things we're actually doing really well within our family unit and she said i wouldn't expect anything less considering the fact that you guys have already been through so much together and that actually was a that was a point where i went wow okay because i didn't brush my traumas under the rug I didn't throw our, you know, family traumas out the, into the trash. We actually learned from them individually and collectively as a family unit, which then when 2020 hit, it was, we, we knew, like we learned. So we knew we had the tools to figure out, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to go through this? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to walk through this? Because we've walked through so much already together. So there's my spiel. We all have it. We all have it. Every single one of us individually and collectively. I'm so, um, I had to learn myself through doing some therapy work, right? Like I, I did therapy for the first time when I was like in my early thirties and I was like, this is dumb. They're just making me complain about my, I like show up and I complain and I didn't, I really didn't get much and I left. And then I found coaching and I was like, oh my God, this is great. Cause coaching is about like moving forward, getting me somewhere. And I don't have, I want to say like, I don't have the kind of trauma that was like having me be stuck, right? Sometimes I know that as a coach, we work with clients that like they can't get past something and, and because they're stuck from something in the past. Right. And I didn't have that 
kind of trauma. But I, and I also didn't relate to having trauma at all. I was like, oh, I had the most blessed life. I'm so lucky. And when I started doing therapy, couples therapy with my ex, and then I stayed doing it myself, I started to uncover how these little things that I didn't consider trauma, but were things that happened to me for a little child would have been traumatic. Mm -hmm. And how I had to like give myself the grace to be like, it's okay that these things happen when you were a little kid that look, anything that happened to me as a little kid, I would probably wish those things happened to my kids because they're not terrible, but for a child, right? They were still traumatic. Right. And digging into them has been this process of like, it's like such a release. That's what I'm hearing from you. It's like going back and imagining myself, you know, in those places and seeing it and seeing myself as an adult and what I would have said or what I would have done has cracked open so many layers and let so much energy out. Mm -hmm. Did you, how did you, I'm learning about this through therapeutic work, right? Like just on myself. Yeah. And now I get to share it, right? With people that come into my contact, especially men who don't want to go there and don't want to look at these things. How did you learn besides experiencing it, right? How did you learn how to process and deal with trauma and forgiveness? Well, so I'm going to say two things. Not, number one, there is nothing more amazing than being in a man's presence who can get vulnerable. There is nothing more beautiful in my own space as a woman um, than having that. I mean, my brothers, I have three brothers. I have three sons. I am surrounded by nephews. And for me, that's where I literally I have one niece. We are all men in my family. <laughs> and so being able to go to that space with them is one of the most beautiful things that you could possibly do. Um, so that's what I want to say, first of all. Second, it scares as a single guy, it scares a lot of women. <laughs> also, oh, I love it. Of, I right? and I and then there's me who and and <laughs> then there's me who's like, I, I love it. Like I think it's yeah, of course. I think, like to get to that space of intimacy where it's intimacy with self first and then intimacy with others, right? You have to get intimate with yourself before you can truly get to that space of depth of intimacy with another human being, whomever it is. If it's your son, your daughter, your parent, your lover, whomever. Um, and it's beautiful. Like it is the most amazing space to get to. Second thing I want to say is, you know, we all, there's, there's big T and little T traumas. And if anybody doesn't know about that, dive into it because there are what, what some people would consider to be a little T trauma or a big T trauma that can definitely affect you later in life. And you may not even realize it until you're later in life and going, why is this coming up right now? And then exactly what you're talking about, you start diving into your past and you're like, oh, I remember this moment. Well, it was a little trauma that now has resurfaced into the present moment, which then can create whatever it is that those emotions, those feelings, whatever it is that release that we then have to work through. If people look at it like it is this difficult, um, so many times I hear people say to me, why can't it just be easy? And I'm like, why are you making it so hard? That's the question. Like, and why can we not have fun with this? Like, why can we not? It shouldn't be something that is looked at in my own personal opinion. And this is where I'm going to get into this with how did I work through this? I didn't look at it like it needed to suck. I looked at it like this is an adventure that I want to stay on for the rest of my life. Healing and growing and deepening is an adventure. And I, as you know, being an adventurer myself, I want to continue to peel those layers back of myself and to go more deep and to have that, to have that 
new clarity and the awe and the wonder and the bewilderment of self. Like that's the beauty of it. So if we can look at it like this doesn't have to be so difficult and it doesn't have to suck and this can actually be fun, it shifts the perspective of it right there. Right. And I've, I've heard that from so many people like therapy is hard work and hey, therapy is this and therapy is that. I had one coach who I talked to and I, because I, I had the same as you, I had a therapist um, who I thought was supposed to be a helpful therapist when I was 17, going through my first trauma. And I found out that she was actually betraying me behind my back. And so I never saw a therapist again. I had one person in my forties when I was going through my deepest trauma um, and she was a coach and she's the one that got me into all of this too. Now, the other thing that I dove into was nature and that became my therapy. I having gone through my first trauma at 17, I used nature back then and didn't even realize what I was doing. And then when everything had happened at 40, I dove into nature therapy again, because it's what I knew. I went right back to the bewilderment, the, the awe and the wonder and the bewilderment of nature as my healing tool. And so being living at in Hermosa beach and being an ocean lover, um, I would grab my stand up paddleboard and go out into the ocean and I would paddle four miles offshore and I would be with whales and dolphins. And it gave me clarity that you can't find in four walls. But here's the biggest thing at all. Being in nature gets you out of your freaking head, which is where so many of us stay. And so when and it literally does shift your brain, it uh, slows the executive brain, the frontal lobe of our brain. It allows the back part of our brain, the cerebellum to rise. That's where we have clarity. That's where we can um, literally sit in on wonder, which by the way, on wonder are the emotions that lessen PTSD. Throwing a lot of information out at you right now. Take the notes. <laughs> Keep going. Take the notes. And, and that is also why when I was healing from my traumas in a different way, that, you know, where most people, you know, you do sit in a therapist's office on a, on a couch or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's a very, very helpful thing for many, many people. It just was, it was shifting in a way my, my, my healing, my somatic healing was happening where the trauma was not staying within me. And here's why I truly believe, and this is how I work with my clients. I want my clients to get out of their head. I want them when I'm guiding them through the Grand Canyon, I don't want them in their head. I want them to drop to to drop into their heart and to lead a life from that space. Because here's why. Where where is our love? Where is our worthiness? All of that stems from our heart. It doesn't come from our head. We're not worthy because of where we live or the car that we drive or how much money we make. That's all in our head. We are worthy because of what comes from the energy of our heart. And so when we can heal that first, when we can go to that space, that's where we lead a life that we actually want to be leading, right? That's the one of our choosing. So that's that if when we, when we heal that, when we go to that space, the thoughts, the ruminating thoughts, the, how could this have happened? Why am I here? What's the shoulds that all that stuff, the just that slows down. And we realize that everything is happening in our life is happening for us, including our traumas. I just, I just recorded something the other day that was the dis, our disappointments are our opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. But only if we choose that, right. Cause we can choose them to be disappointments. We can choose our traumas to be prisons, um, yep. but we, that's the it's space that we get that choice, right. The things happen and then we get to choose. I love that you talk that you just brought in that heart piece because often like the men that I work with and sometimes like the masculine women that show up to work with me, they've created so much success from their heads. 
that it's great, right? But then they're here, right? They have all this money. They've checked all these boxes. And often they'll look at me and they're like, how are you going to help me? And I'm like, look, you make more money than I do. Yeah. But I love my life and I live a great life. And you have all the things you thought you were supposed to have. And yet you're here because there's something missing. And typically I think the I don't often say like the thing is to get out of your head and into your heart because often people, those people, those A-types can't hear that right away, but that is the work, right? It's like, get them out of that logic thinking, that figuring it all out, having it all organized and structured and into what I like to think of is passion, pleasure, play, you know, adventure, authenticity. Um, So I love how you took the trauma to that place also, because, and also the awe and wonder. Yeah. That that says, there's a lot, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I want to ask you about the nature therapy um because this year i broke up my morning routine which used to be like meditate hot yoga like 2020 had me change up my whole morning routine and kind of throw it away because i wasn't like i just kind of tossed it out and, and listened to my body and did and this year i was like i need to be in nature like i had this calling and so now i take my dog pretty like five days a week and we walk to the bay and we walk around the bay like all the way around the bay almost every morning at sunrise um, and I do a little mantra when we start, like I, I say something like, as I stand with my feet in the sand, that's f- like about what I'm trying to create and the intention. And then I just walk with my dog and sometimes I listen to music, but I actually had this thought this morning that the music is distracting me. The music mm-hmm. is actually keeping me in my thoughts and my emotions for people hearing this. Can you explain, like, I'm getting what nature therapy is because I'm doing it right. If you told it to me, I would have been like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'm actively doing it, and I it change at the end of every walk. I'm different. What is like? How do you define nature therapy? And if somebody's listening, how can they just start doing it? Right? We they, they don't all have a beach to walk to or a paddleboard to go hop on. Can I challenge you on something? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> do you mind? Do you mind if no, we? No, please. So I'm going to challenge you with something and say that um, you're not doing it; you're being with it. And so that's, that is the difference. That's the flip of the script. So when people will say to me, um, you know, but I go climb mountains and I'm not getting what I'm not getting out of it, which you're getting out of it. And I explain to them, you can go climb a summit and you can have the, you can have all of the, the, the physical, you know, whatever it is that, that, that we all know that you experience. It's not about the doing, it's about the being with. Right. And so, and that also is where I'm saying, like, drop into your heart. We are so spiritually connected in this world. And for some reason, so many of us choose to brush it under the rug or to deny it when even us, like having this conversation, I can feel the energy, right? We are spiritually connected through this conversation and through what we are talking about and how we are, um, how we are teaching and learning ourselves. We are also, when we go outside, we are spiritually connected to the earth. And, and it is there for us for a reason. So when we are actually in nature, instead of looking at it, like I'm going to go walk around the bay, you're setting an intention, which is amazing. I talk about that step one in my book, by the way, which is why I was kind of like smiling. Um, And I also talk about in step one of the book to bring that childlike sense within us. We have the child within us that allows us to sit in awe and wonder and to experience new things, not being afraid to fail every single day, right? A child looks at a spider 
through a completely different lens than an adult does. A child looks at a spider and goes, holy shit, check out. Well, they don't say hopefully, holy shit, but you know what I mean? Sorry for the cuss, but they say like, they look at it, like, look at that little spider and what it's doing and the web that it's weaving and all the things. I used to do that. As an adult, we look at it and we say, kill the spider, right? <laughs> we, we're afraid of spiders. So if we can look at it through that childlike sense of awe and wonder, like I've said, UC Berkeley, go look at the, go look at their, the recent study on that. It's, it's fascinating. And when we can actually be with it instead of doing it, that's the connection that is created to nature and to mother earth. Now, when you, and this is where I, when I'm guiding, I explain to them, like, look at every single thing, slow down, look at every single thing that's crossing your path. It's crossing your path for a reason. So if there are butterflies that are crossing your path, there's a reason for that. It's a message. It's telling you something. If there is, you know, I was in the Canyon once and I'll just give you this as an example. There was a woman who went on my Canyon trip and I asked them, I said, well, what do you want to see when you're here? And she said, I want to see a rainbow. This was the intention beforehand. I want to see a rainbow. I'm like, okay, well, no rain is to be expected and it's clear skies. Let's see what we can find. The day that we were hiking out and we, and we talked about it every single day. It's like, I want to see a rainbow. I want to see a rainbow. The day we were hiking out, we looked up and there was a um, sun dog out of the blue as we were hiking out of the Grand Canyon. And do you know what a sun dog is? No. What's a sun dog? Perfect rainbow around the sun. Oh, it wow. is the most okay. gorgeous thing you could see. And this is what I said to her. I said, this is what your intention was and what you wanted to see. But what we needed to do was to slow down and look around. Had we not looked up because we are a society of looking down at our feet because we're constantly in the doing to get to the summit. If we can slow down and look around us and experience the nature and be with it and look the heck up every now and then, you will see things that you never saw before. That's connection. That's therapy. Your brain is slowing down. It goes back to your frontal lobe slows down. Your back, the back part of your brain rises. It's so simple, but we overcomplicate everything. So I want to go back for a second because you said you had a challenge and you didn't actually give me a challenge, right? Oh, well, so I was just challenging you on when you said, I'm doing, I'm doing this. Oh, you use the word doing. You're and reframing I was just saying, it. Okay. Reframe it to doing because yeah. you are. I, to I totally am being it. I think the music is my way to stay to not. I think my music is my distraction. Whereas mm. the, the next level of it would be to actually do it without the music and just do be it with, it. right? And the music I use because it actually generates an energy that I like and it makes me happy. Um, but not always, right? Depending on how I hear the music and the songs, sometimes that's different. Yeah. What I, what I, what I want to share from, because I, I didn't say what I do but when you were talking about it, it made me feel like I do want to share it because I've never shared it here with the Ooh, audience. Bring it. I, because it, it totally taps into the childlike wonder. Because if you asked me if what I do makes sense, I would say it makes no sense. I don't even know if I believe it, but I believe it now because I did it and then I, and I felt something and I'm like, that's real. So I, I put my feet, I get to the beach. I let my dog off, off her leash. I just, and then I take my sandals off and I have my feet in the sand and I dig them in and I, and I stand like right, the sun's rising, like right in front of me. And I close my eyes and with my feet in the sand, I, I ask that I'll say like, you know, different. Sometimes it's like, like mother earth, Gaia, nature, I'll like use different terms, but I'll say, can you take from me everything that's in this body that I don't need? The energy, the beings, the people, the thoughts, the, 
the past, like anything that is not useful to me, can you pull it? And in the moment, the, the, the thing that happened in the first time I did it was I felt like tingling and vibrations, like even telling you I have goosebumps. I have it right now. <laughs> and I felt like I could feel <laughs> energy right moving up through my yeah. arms, through my shoulders, and then down through my feet. Like I could viscerally feel it. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Right. That first time I had a, whoa. And then, and I kind of did that. And then and nobody told me what to say. Right. It was just coming. And then I said something like, and please like give this, take this and use it and give it to anyone who needs this. Cause it's, I don't need, give it, you know, use, pay it, play it forward. And can you fill me up with whatever I do need? The energies, the people, the, 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 the perspective, whatever. And then I would again, feel it kind of going the other way. And that every step on this journey and every step on this walk today lead me one step closer to who I already am and who I already and and who I need to be to live the life that I'm committed to living. And then I go and I take my walk. Um, Chills. Yeah. The, the, the awe and wonder thing really hit me though, because I remember the first time I did it, I called my mom and I was like, I don't even know what I said. Like it just... I felt like I was leading like a seance or something, right? And the words were just coming out, but I felt it physically in my body, a shift. And I, I think that's available for anyone all the time, right? I didn't, I, I'm not special or magical. And, you know, you did it with that woman and you, you guys, you're not witches. You didn't, you didn't make us, you know, a rainbow come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> How, so, so if somebody's doing this for the first time, they can like literally just copy what we just said, right? It's just like, hey, go out into nature, set an intention, and then be present. Yeah. And so, you know, what I always tell people, and and people seem to think that, because I do climb a lot of mountains, I just, you know, I, I go out and for multiple nights in the backcountry myself, that's my spiritual space. Um, and people seem to think that, oh, that's what I have to do. And you don't, you don't. Exactly what you're talking about is what I encourage my own clients just simply to do or whomever it is that I'm, you know, talking with about this. Go outside and just plop your butt on the grass. Lean up against a tree. When's the last time you've hugged a tree and actually allowed the tree to hug you back? Receive, right? Uh, just lie down on the, on, the, on the ground and look at the clouds float by. It, the, just five minutes a day in nature will shift your brain. It'll start to slow your thoughts and it will just taking that breath in will um, shift the energy within you. It's so simple. And um, yeah, I mean, I love the fact of what you said, you know, what I do sometimes, and I did this during COVID uh, when the mountains were closed and you couldn't go and <laughs> climb the mountains, I would um, be underneath the shower. I would take a shower and I would go back to the time when I've, been underneath the waterfall. And I would imagine that the waterfall was literally flowing all of that over me. I was writing my book during COVID too. So there was a lot of energy going through me. And so I would imagine just being underneath the, the um, shower was like, cause water is water, right? It was like being underneath the waterfall, just wash it all away. I want to ask you, and I don't, People can go and I, like, I would encourage people to go listen to your Ted talk because you really get into like your traumas or yeah. I don't know about all of them, but some of them in, in some in depth, I want to touch on them for a second, but um, like at 17, you were raped and that, that, and you had a child, right. From that rape. That's yep, your oldest, oldest son. son. Yeah. I and, decided to keep him. And at 40, your husband of how many years? 17. 17. You're, you're married for 17 years at that point. 
was leading a double life and was get I don't know if he was gay or he but he was he came out yeah he, okay yeah. um but he was doing you know he was living a whole nother life with other people sexual relationships and whatnot and you had no idea no idea I, I don't want to even dive in. I know you've talked about this so many places. What I want to ask you about, though, is you talk about in these things how you've forgiven and how you do, you've done this work with, the, with these traumas and whatnot. How do you help? That had to have impacted your sons, too, right? All these things, like having a son who was, who was brought to this world from... I don't even know the words to use, but not a does, like, not, probably not your chosen way. Um, okay. And... and and so he he's going to have right a res- energy from that and then you're all three of your sons from the experience with your husband like how do you support them to like forgive and deal with the traumas that that they've experienced because of these things so gosh okay that's a big question <laughs> and i'm going to answer it as best as i can um so you know the day the day that i found out about my husband um uh, it was 2013 Thanksgiving weekend, 2013. And it was that Friday morning. Um, and, uh, he came home Thanksgiving Eve tripping on drugs and I knew something was wrong, but I had no idea. And it was all, when I talk about a double life, people question like, how did you not know? And all the things, most of what he was doing, um, he was doing in New York and I live in LA. And so <clears throat> there was no way for me to know. Um, though I talk a lot about that in my book too. And um, that when he told me that Friday morning, the first thing I said to him was, I want a divorce and I will forgive you someday. And I remember those words so clearly, but I, it was like I said them, but I couldn't quite understand where they came from. And that was my 17-year-old self, I believe, subconsciously coming forth and saying, hey, we've been here before. We can do this again. Like We know, we know what to do. And you, you got some serious healing to do through this, too. The reason that my kids can be who they are today, and they're amazing, amazing, amazing young men. I freaking love my boys. And um, the reason that they can <clears throat> that they can do what they do in this world, from you know, running companies to playing water polo and basketball and all the things, is because we model for our children as parents. We model for our children. And I knew that my process, my job as their mom was to heal and to learn how to forgive uh, once again, to go through that practice of forgiving. Forgiving is not just one and done. It's a practice. You choose every single day to get up and you choose every single day to live intentionally in love, in forgiveness. It's, it's like, and I say this in my TED talk, it's like a 12-step program, right? Sometimes you falter. My ex-husband triggers me. And when he triggers me, I don't sit there and say, okay, all of that work that I did is for nothing. You know, we know that we can get triggered by different people or different situations or from our past. Let's talk about our traumas from the past again, right? And we choose every day to stand in forgiveness. It's a practice because it always leads us back to love. So I didn't know or understand the depth of what I was doing with forgiveness or nature therapy, truthfully, Alex, until... I had my one coach who said to me, she asked me the question, how are you working through this so quickly? And then once I got down to the bottom of, well, I'm you know in nature a lot too, and then doing the research on that. And then when I was asked to do forgiveness, this TED talk, and, and once we got to this TED talk of forgiveness, when I was asked the question, that one question, how do you forgive? And then when I explained to her, I, I choose to honor my traumas. I don't forget that they happened. 
And then when I looked up in the dictionary and saw that the dictionary definition is to forgive and forget, I about, I mean, I was like, what the hell? Well, this explains everything, right? And so that's how I ended up getting into this whole thought leader thing on forgiveness because I was doing it in my way and it was working, but then I started realizing society doesn't do it that way, which is why we struggle. And so, you know, when I'm through my own process of this, I also chose to step fully into sharing my definition of forgiveness and wanting to change the definition in the dictionary and and working on the documentary and doing all the things because I want my sons to be the men that I know that they were born to be. And so through all of this, that's how they actually have, have, you know, we talk a lot, we're open, we're honest. I don't lie to my kids. We talk a lot about this. Um, and so, and they're, they're amazing humans because, because of it. And they have great relationship with their dad, which is what I want. That's what I want. His struggle was his struggle, but I want him, my ex-husband to also be the human that he was placed on this earth to be. Wow. I don't know. I, we, I, I'm, I'm present like how much we hold on to things that are like so insignificant, right? This is, this is big. This like, all this is really big stuff. And a lot of us, a lot of the time are running around holding on to like the person that cut us off in traffic or, you know, like the dinner that didn't go well or that we didn't get the raise or whatever, right? Whatever we're dealing with. And I, I, as you're talking and sharing this, I, I had the thought of like, all that is just a distraction. All those things that we're not letting go of are distracting us from the big thing that we could be like forgiving. And I don't, I don't know if there's any truth to that. I just, that's the thought that hit me when you were talking. Um, and that if we actually could go to the big things, those things that really made divots in our lives, like really they dented our lives, then all the little things become irrelevant, right? That wow. all the, those, you don't need to hold on to them. That's also why I work from the heart and not the head, because we have those ruminating thoughts and the, we hold on to stuff in our head, right? Like we hold on to the stories, we hold on to the distractions, we hold on to all of those things that don't let us truly lead a life that with purpose and passion and magic and, you know, love and just like all of it, right? Adventure, like we all are here to lead a life that is beautiful. We weren't placed on this earth to lead a shitty life. We were placed on this earth to live in happiness, period. And so we get in our own way because of the experiences that we've lived through. And that's why I practice forgiveness because I don't want to carry all of that stuff in my life. I want to, when I, I always say, for some reason, I feel like I'm going to die at 108. I don't know why, but I always say when I take my last breath and when I lay my head down on that you know, hopefully outside and the grass or wherever it is that it happens. Um, I just want to know that, that I was here doing what I was meant to do. That's it. That's it. I don't know why, but I just pictured you having like a Viking funeral. You know, <laughs> since you're like on the water on your board, I pictured you at 104. Your sons would be 108. Old at that 108, not 108. Your sons would be pretty old at that time also, but then like pushing you out into the ocean. Um, and the Share something with you. This is hilarious. You said this. Can I share something? Yeah. I told my sons, I literally, we do talk about this. And I told my sons, I said, when I die, 
I want to be cremated and I want to be, I want my ashes to be placed in the Grand Canyon in the mountains and on the ocean. And then anything else sprinkled back home in black earth, Wisconsin. And, um, they all at the same time, they were like, I get the ocean. Like every single one, like, I'm not going to climb into the Grand Canyon, mom. I am not going into the mountains. And like, seriously, you guys come on, right? Like, come on. You wouldn't do that for me. (laughs) Nope. We don't want to climb that high. So whatever. <laughs> Give him that's, that's funny. Our our family joke around mom like dying, which it's right with it's all like light and in love yeah. with levity, is that I'm the one on the emergent, like if something bad were to happen, right? You have the person who like gets to make the decision. Right. I'm the one. It's not my dad, it's not my brother. Cause my mom <laughs> goes, You'd pull you'd pull the plug and not have me like pl- hooked up to machines forever. And I'm like, yeah, they're going to be like, there's a, your mother has a really bad dog bite. I'm going to be like, pull the plug. We don't want her to suffer. Like, let's just let her live in peace and let her go. <laughs> um, I, love it. I love it. Uh, and like, I you love got it. the wind chimes for this. This is like all. Well, you know what? So that's nature. I literally, if you've noticed when we've been talking, I've actually, this is like how, this is how I operate too. There's been certain times, those people that are listening to this, go back and listen to when the wind chimes started up because the wind literally pulled them in and it was like, oh, something to listen to. You're saying something that's really brilliant right now there, Alex. And then they started up. Yep. Sorry, not sorry. No, you're, no, you're, right. you're, I think there's something to, you know, I, I had, so this, ex- I had this experience recently where um, it was on my birthday actually this year and I was driving home. It was, sorry, it wasn't on my birthday. It was a few days before my birthday and I was driving home in San Diego. And I'm on a road that has lots of construction happening on it. And it's like an early Sunday morning. And there's a sign, one of those traffic signs. And it says, um, January 12th, which is my birthday. And then, and then it changes. And the next line says, traffic pattern shifting. Mm. And I drove past that sign and I happened to see it. And I went, well, that's really weird. And the thought was, Traffic pattern shifting doesn't mean anything to anybody driving. Like, what is right. that? What inf- how does that help you, right? A stop sign tells you to stop. Merging tells you it's going to merge. Traffic pattern shifting means nothing. It's an ambiguous term. It doesn't help anyone. So why is the sign there? And I went, then I went, oh my God, does anyone see this but me? Like, did, am I the only one? Is this, is this like some weird, like magical movie moment where like I'm seeing a sign that isn't there? and you know, who knows. Right. But I think that's one of those things. And I, when I got home, I thought about this and I was like, no, this is, this is a, people would have driven by that and not seen it. It didn't have to be on their birthday. It could have been a moment to say, Hey, on this day is a moment you need to change the way you think, the way you show up. Anyone could have taken it and used it. But to me, that's what you're talking about. When you see the chimes, when you, when we see things, when you step on something, you're walking barefoot, you step on something. Why did you step on it? What is there to pay attention to that you're not paying attention to? Okay. Listen to those. Like literally. Yeah. It's awareness. Mm -hmm. That's the awareness from your heart. What do you need to say? What do you want people to know that you haven't gotten to say, whether it be here or somewhere else that we can kind of leave you with the last word for? Oh gosh. There are so many things. Girlfriend likes to talk sometimes um, because there is just so much to share. (laughs) There's just so much to share. Uh, You know, when I, when I wrote, when I decided to write this book, I was actually 18 when I had like this God given hit of just keep doing what you're doing because 
people will believe you someday. And you have to go and read the book to understand the depth of betrayal by a lot of people throughout my life and people not believing my story um, or not wanting to listen to it. And then other people getting hurt because they didn't listen to it and they didn't do anything. And um, when I had that hit at 18, I remember thinking to myself, um, you know, we are not alone in this world and not one of us are. And I know that for some people, when I've shared that, it's it's made them upset when I say that. And here's what I want to share, though. I will tell you that there are snippets of every single's every single person's story that's running through somebody else's life. And so you, even the littlest of thing where you think I'm alone, there's something within your life story that other people have experienced or are experiencing at this very moment. And you are not alone. None of us are. None of us are. We are all connected. And we are connected through not only our story, but through our experiences and through our emotions and through the energy that runs throughout this earth at this very given moment right now. And can I keep going? Yeah, <laughs> I keep going. I thought, I thought, yeah, I didn't think. You and were I will also say to you, when you begin to practice forgiveness, even if it's the smallest step, it will lead you to that next step, which will lead you to that next step. And it can be, a, it can feel a little scary at times. And I know from my own experience, and I promise you, I promise you, like I promise you, like I promise you, my clients hear me say this all the time. When you do it, you will experience that little bit of love that holds so much light that will ultimately take out the darkness. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, I was just looking to see if there was anything else I wanted to say, but I don't think there is. I think I want to leave us right there. Sarah, um, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. I know you didn't, we didn't get into the details of like all your story here, just because I know people can find them in a million other yeah. places. Yeah. Um, can, pe where, can people get your book on Amazon at your website? Where are all like the different places? All, so HarperCollins published it. It's out there anywhere. You can get it on uh, Amazon. You can get it um, in any bookstore, Barnes and Noble, you know, any fine bookstore. Um, it's also on my website, sarahsholtoncrans.com. Um, all of my stuff is on there. My retreats, my TED Talks on there, my online program, like everything's on there. Okay. Um, and Instagram, you can find me at my name as well or Facebook, my name. I like that you said any fine bookstore. I wonder if there's any not fine bookstores that also nope, sell there aren't book. any not fine bookstores. That's why I always say, that's why I always call them all fine because they're all fine bookstores. <laughs> any fine bookstore because they're all yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> um, I will tell you too, if you want to watch yeah. some really fascinating, inspiring clips of the film, you can find that at walkthroughthis.com. They, uh, they, the reason I'm sharing that is because the film is not only my life, but it's also sharing other women's stories. Um, and they're really powerful. And my, I believe in my platform also being used for other people to share and they are, you have to go and watch those. They're really, really cool. They're beautiful, beautiful stories. Thanks. Yeah. I'll put that, I'll put all of this in the show notes for if, for anyone that does not spell your name or find you, it'll all be in there. <laughs> I had a hard time spelling um, some days. I, re I really, I, I had a thought 
I had a thought not that long ago it was within the last year or two. It wasn't possible. I love when you were talking about like kind of like opening doors, like each with each thing you get to open a new another thing that how, you know, from within our perspective, we can't see what anybody else's life is like, and we can't understand anybody else's life unless right. we actually see it through their eyes. And we have to be willing to put down what we think is true or not. And so I'm actually, I haven't seen this, but you're the walk through this, but I'm excited to go look from that perspective of, I think, especially as a man in the world to, to understand like the perspective that women experience every day that we don't. And we could say this with anything, right? I could say as a man, I wanna go experience it through the life of a black man, an Asian man, a, a Hispanic woman, a trans person, right? Like to be able to hear their story and not most of the time we're like, oh, do I agree or disagree with this? But simply to say, I'm watching Sarah or whoever these other women are, their story, and it's true. Regardless of what I believe, this is their experience and all of our experiences are true. And what I've, for me, doing that has been like a blessing and empathy and compassion and getting to, to actually hold myself in a, in a higher regard and be kinder to myself because I understand the experience of other people. So thanks for continuing to model empathy and vulnerability and compassion and just like putting yourself out there in a way that a lot of people, you know, can't see an upside in doing. Um, and showing that there's a, such an upside in showing, you know, the hardest moments of our lives in a world, I, you know, that we really like to show like just the highlights. Um, I so appreciate that you just said that um, because, you know, when I found out about my husband and everything that was happening and I would have so many people say to me, you should be more angry. And I've always said, I didn't walk in his shoes. I'm angry because I was angry at the time because of uh, the fact that I wish I could have been there and I wish that he would have opened up and been able to talk to me. But like I tell my kids, my truth is my truth. Their truth is their truth. Your dad's truth is his truth. And um, we yeah. can't, we, we have to be able to look at one another through the lens of love period. I didn't walk his shoes and I can't imagine the pain he went through just like he can't imagine the pain I went through. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Sarah, thanks again for being here. So appreciate you. Yeah. Everyone, please go, you know, watch this, the, the TED Talk. Uh, we need a new definition of forgiveness. Get the book, walk through this. Go to walkthroughthis.com to see the videos, the, the part pieces of the documentary. And who do you know that needs to listen to this episode? I know there were a ton of gems in here for anyone listening and everyone listening, but who's not listening that needs to hear about overcoming trauma, who needs to hear about nature therapy, who needs to hear about forgiveness or anything else we touched on, or who needs to hear some wind chimes? Whatever <laughs> it is, there's something for everyone. Thanks for, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Dream Mason Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.